Hey everybody, I'm Sean Rosensteel, author of The School of Intentional Living and host of Authorized, where authors go live to reveal their insights, stories, and best lessons from their most recent works. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Hey everybody, I'm so excited to be with Tisa Pyle, author of Embracing Life's Challenges, A Story of Change. And what a perfect time to be talking about change. You know, I think it's so relevant for so many of us. We're trying to navigate this global pandemic, maybe going through some other changes in our lives. So Tiza, thanks so much for being with us here today. Sean, thank you very much for having me here. It's quite a treat to be here talking with you and being able to talk about a topic that has always been very exciting to me. Yeah. That we have to change. That's awesome. It's awesome. So after reading your book, I kind of, I kind of look at you like a change expert and I didn't really know that change experts existed. You know, it's such a common thing, but so I really appreciate, you know, how you framed change and navigating change in this book. Um, but why are you qualified? You know, I want to know, and I think listeners and viewers want to know, like, why are you the person qualified to help navigate people through these changes? There's always the academic stuff that I don't think is that crucial. But I think what I believe that I can help people and support people in change and transformation, because I have lived so many of those with varying degrees of success. And you learn both from the failures and from the successes. And I've always thought that change was easy. And then I realized that change can be very difficult for many people. And I made many changes in my life. And I realized along the way that I really had developed a process that allowed me to make all these changes in my life. And uh, that's what qualifies me, not only the academic knowledge from psychology, from uh, organization development and all that stuff, but also the lived experience of learning about this and being able to support others and listen to them and move them in their journey. Sure, yeah, very cool. And I love what you did through your book, you kind of gave us a firsthand perspective of taking us with you on the journey through change. And you, what I found interesting is you talked about two types of change. You talked about planned change, change that is intentional and then unplanned change. And the story that you brought us through and brought us along for the ride in your book was an unplanned change. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure, I can absolutely speak to that. Um, the, when you plan a change for yourself, you usually have a good reason and it's something that you want to do. So it's not an easy process, but it's something that you are engaged in from the beginning. There's nobody forcing you to do that. Mm. When an unplanned, unwanted change, it creates a psychological response that it's something that you didn't expect to do. And not only you have to deal with the external pressures of the change, but you have to deal with the internal responses that are common to every human being. Mm. And so it becomes a little more complex. And I learned a lot of that when I dealt with corporate change in helping people in the corporate setting go to change processes, not just what to do, but how I feel about it and how we can process and be successful in getting there. Does sure. that help, Sean, to, to see the, the difference? I can speak a little bit about the internal process of change, which really comes from a model from uh, William Bridges, that in reality, when change hits you, the past stops to exist. 
because whatever you knew to be the past is no longer there. The future is still unknown because you haven't developed it. And then there's this, what we call the in-between stage, which is really where the most opportunity exists. And that's why you work through, what do I need in my future? What do I need to let go and work through these processes in order to be successful in the future that you want to be uh, as you plan for a different reality? Hmm. This is happening with us right now in the COVID situation. What we knew existed is no longer here. We're not quite sure about the future. So here is that opportunity time. And if you see that as opportunity, that's when you really can be creative, innovative, and come up with solutions that have not been thought before because you have a whole new future to create. So Tiza, when you, when you talk about the familiar becoming no longer familiar, and then you talk about the future being unknown, um, this area in between, uh, what I would call like no man's land, right? Yeah. The gap that we need to bridge. Is that where the base model that you reference in your book would come into play? Sean, it could work that way. The base model was created as I went through many changes and realized in my own experience that I was following a process mm-hmm. until the process was that you have to believe that a future is possible. You have to believe that something is out there and you're capable of doing this and you have a strong reason for doing that. Then you have to create self-awareness because we are who we are, the world is what it is, but you need to know where are your strengths. And then you need to realize that alone you cannot do much. So how do you look for support? Mm. And ultimately you have to enact a plan. You have to execute something that's doable. So yes, the base model could be one way to go through this in-between land, but it's also broader because it can apply to any kind of change okay. that you want to do, even in the changes that you want to start for yourself. So but can I stop you for a minute? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to understand the acronym and I think you just elaborated on it. So yes. base is belief, mm-hmm. awareness, support, and execution. Is that yes. right? Those are, the, those are the four steps, the four foundations awesome. of this model that through my life, and you know, Sean, you know me, you know, I came to the US to get married in my 20s. I did uh, many job changes. I, you know, I got my PhD and my grandson was there to, to be there with me. So there are many things that I did that I, <laughs> I have been able to just say, I want it, there's a reason I can do it. Sure. And that's why this thing became important because that was the biggest last transition for us. And I am so glad that by that point, I had enough of a foundation that Roger and I could apply and move on with it. So that became kind of our personal story of what I had developed and lived through so many times. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I found it interesting how, you know, going back to this idea that when we're, when, if it's just we who are changing versus we're changing with others or there's two of us it's an us sort of a thing you mentioned how roger was a keeper yes and and you (laughs) wanted to let things go right (laughs) yes yes absolutely and i think that that becomes what is your major reason what is that burning platform what is that all compelling reason for you to move and when you're dealing with two people especially in a couple we need to make sure that that compelling reason matches. They may be slightly different, but ultimately they need to be connected. 
Sure. And then the self-awareness is the next point. What do you need? What do I need? How do we compromise? And uh, I know that downsizing at older people is one of the wrenching things that need to be done and is a significant change. So uh, just going through all of this and then how can you get help? I forget, I'm not 50 anymore. So things I could do at that time are harder now and you need to start looking for support at many different levels. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, Tease. I mean, change is, is present in so many situations. And what's nice, I mean, after reading this book, I have more of an awareness for it. Mm-hmm. And just right now, you know, my folks, they're in their 70s and they're going through the downsize process. And this is something that could absolutely help them navigate. And just with simple things like finding that compelling reason and getting on the same page with what that might look like, right? Yeah. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. What, one of the things that I, I love about um, this book is you said that asking for help is something that can actually be learned, but also you should practice it. So you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Asking for help is not easy. I think many of us have been uh, self-sufficient and we think we can do everything. So all of a sudden you need to help fight for help. And I think you need to practice. You need to learn how to say yes, instead of no, I can do it. And the other piece which was told to me, which I think is very important, is that accepting help is a gift to the other person Mm. who also want to help you. So it becomes an act of generosity in your part to give somebody the ability to help you. And I thought that was a wonderful thought. So when somebody tells me, can you bring me dinner for it? And I say, yes. Yes, it's saving me cooking, but it's also giving that person the pleasure of helping another person. So wow. it's a different way to looking at, at asking for help. I love that. It's a different <laughs> way to reframe it, right? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing of reframing, Sean. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to clarify, because as the reader, I, I and I may have missed something. <laughs> you know, that's always possible. It could have been user error, Tiza. So if it is, let me know. Okay. You know, you said as a change and transformation coach, you believe that change is possible. Mm -hmm. Shortly afterwards, you talked about how we learn, right? At a very early age, we learn certain behaviors and our brains get hardwired in certain ways. And change isn't possible Mm -hmm. for many people. So can you kind of clarify your thought process on that? And as far as where you stand and... Sure. That's the paradox of change, okay? I think that we are never going to change who we are basically from our personality. That gets ingrained very early. And yes, there may be some people in this world that are never going to be be capable to make that change. You know, if you look into the bell curve, (laughs) there are some people that are going to be the early adopter, somebody who is never going to be able to do this. But the majority of people, in spite of who they are at their core, can make choices and change behaviors to become more effective. And uh, real simple things. I am a highly extroverted person. I had to learn to stop, to listen, to pay attention, because I could always be talking. A person may be very introverted, prefer to be within himself or herself, but they learn to be the best lecturer they can be because that's effective for them. So that's where I think people can make changes, but the self-awareness comes to understand what you need to do 
in relation to these changes. So you keep your authenticity. And I think that's one of the things I talk to my coaching clients. You need to be authentic as you make your changes. You're never going to be how you are. You modify what you're doing to be more effective. Does that help, Sean? To yeah, absolutely. To places, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Cool. I want to talk about one of my favorite quotes from the book. Okay. Because there's a quote that I've appreciated for a very long time from, from Yogi Berra. And it's very uh -huh. close, but it, the, you, you said it, I think, a little differently. And I like the way you phrase this. And uh -huh. I'm gonna, I have it written down here. Okay. You said, if you don't know where you want to go, any road will lead you to nowhere. I yes. just love that. Yes. You think know? about it. If you don't have a map, if you don't have a road, where are you going? You don't know. So... That, yeah, that, that makes you think about the need for enacting a plan and yeah. self-aware and, and, and going forward. Yeah, and I love that because, you know, there's that old saying, the time to have the map is before you enter the woods. But sometimes with unplanned change, the woods just surround you. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, you know, I think it was Mike Tyson who said, um, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right? I didn't know that, but that's a very good one. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I love that quote. And I think it's so true because so many of us really don't know where we want to go in certain areas of our life. And then when you compound this unplanned change on top of the, uh, what would I call it? The, I don't know, maybe the drifting sensation or the feeling lost, or just maybe a little bit confused when you compound not having a plan with unplanned change, you're in reaction mode, you're in survival mode, right? Exactly. You go into an ability, you don't have the same ability to take it through because the fear takes place. Because mm -hmm. our basic brain was really created to protect ourselves. And if we get into fear, that's what you're going to do. It's hard to think in a broader way when you are in that much uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Interesting. But I also think, Sean, that we can, we have the ability to recognize this and move beyond it. And I think that's when I believe that change is possible because we have that ability if you take the time to accept it. And I think you mentioned to me a classic model. That's not my model, but it's a classic model that the first thing you need is to become aware that something is, needs to change. Once that awareness takes place, there's the work of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And the acceptance is going to be the internal work. And then, and only then, change can occur. So that continuum becomes important of the awareness acceptance of change. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I, I've always looked at awareness as kind of the first step when it comes to change, because sometimes if something isn't in your conscious awareness, it's hard to know a, a change is imminent or a change is needed. But, but I really appreciate that, what you did with the base model, that belief. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, we, we, a lot of I think there's a lot of strategies and tactics and how to's out there, but the mindset component of it all is yeah. sort of that tide that lifts all boats, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so it's that belief that's yeah. so important. As you mentioned in this little booklet, I just wanted to give the readers an idea in how this model could work in a very uh, practical way. Great. So that, that's, uh, that's why I decided to. 
yeah. be vulnerable and let people know about my own story at this point. Yeah. And, and I loved that. I mean, I felt like I was right alongside you for the journey and you led us into your thought processes and you were so authentic and genuine. You know, that, that to me was very appealing and it was a very easy and, and pleasurable read for that reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that just coping and being alone does not equal the best way to deal with personal change. And I think that's, at least for me, you know, that's almost a natural reaction. It's yes. just kind of shrink back and isolate a little bit. So mm-hmm. why isn't just coping and being alone not the best way and, and what is instead? I think that piece was probably put in the context of a caregiver and somebody who is in a situation that you're taking care. In this case, if you read the book, I was being the, the primary care for my husband in a very difficult time in his illness. And so if you say I'm coping and you just say I'm pulling myself by the bootstraps and keep going, that may not be as effective a way to accept that something has changed, that you need to acknowledge the emotions around that, that you need to mourn a life that no longer exists and that you have the ability to create a new reality for you. So is in that context, I think it's very important for people in those more difficult change situations to take a step back and say, coping is not enough. I need more. I need to understand the change process so I can be healthier and be the person with the mask to help the person who needs some help. I love when I heard, put your mask first. I travel a lot. And one day I truly learned, put your mask on first means you take care of yourself first. Self-care is not selfish. That's another book. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Self-care is not selfish, is necessary. It's in this context that I said, coping is not enough. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, if you can't, if you're not at your best, you can't serve as at your highest level, which is what the metaphor is all about with the oxygen mask. Like you're no use if you're fatigued, burned out, or passed out. (laughs) Not effective. Not effective. Not effective. A big aha for me, Tiza, was when you said the, you know, what helps. And I I would call this like, in in my world, I would maybe call this threshold Mm -hmm. or a limit or or hitting the ceiling. But I like the way, you know, what does that even mean when I say it, right? But I like the way that you, you articulated it. You said the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of change, right? Yes. Change is not easy. But to me, it's so interesting. We start changing the day we were born, and we kept changing all of our lives. But when change comes to us at different levels, it challenges what our beliefs are, what you know we have been taught, what all of this. So it's not easy. But if the pain of not changing is you know higher than the one of changing that's when you really are able to go into that journey with help with support you don't need to do it alone but that's when you get into the acceptance yeah yeah well it's the only constant right i think that's what they say (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i was walking i I was driving today i'm back in chicago my family and i as you know recently moved to dallas And I used to walk to work. I had a very nice situation. And for many years, I would walk to work. And there was a gentleman who also walked to the same office building. We, we were always two ships passing in the day. 
and on our phones and all the rest of it. But I was driving by my old office today and I saw him. Uh-huh. And this change for me, moving my family, at, at, you know, I have young kids, as you know, yeah. children six and under, and like, it's not an easy change for us. Uh-huh. But we do believe in our heart of hearts that it's for the best and we have our reasons. And I, when I saw him, I was just, I think, because it's been hard to be back in Chicago. I'm finally processing the move and yeah. I'm feeling the sadness and I'm just trying to accept, uh-huh. you know, the situation. And But for the first time in a few days since I've been back, I saw him walking and I, and I realized how fortunate I was uh-huh. because I almost felt like I was out of that bubble. Yeah. You know, that like my daily activities have changed and I did that for many years and it was familiar and comfortable, but I felt so grateful that I had an outside experience and sure. I've had the, the, the blessing of some travel and some new areas and meeting new people and seeing how different people, you know, live. And I, and I think that's why traveling is so exciting to so many of us because yeah. it broadens our perspective, doesn't it? Absolutely. You, you made a very interesting comment, which is so true about the personal chi- side of change. Even happy changes ha- create this need to let go of the past, mourn it. The past doesn't have to be denied. It can be honored. But at some point, you let it go. Mm-hmm. And then you get into your new reality and then you're making this excitement of all the new things that you have created to make the Texan experience the yeah. best it can be. Yeah, yeah. The money will be there and, uh, and it will let go, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how in the book you use the metaphor of the caterpillar and the butterfly. That's a very powerful metaphor for me. And I think if I'm not mistaken, your new workbook, you yes, have a uh, butterfly on the cover. Yeah, there it is, awesome. There it is, so th- this is a workbook. This is really a page by page with questions that will allow you to go through the base model with a change in mind. It also talks about the transitions, which is the people side of change, what you need to let go. And also has a whole other chapter, which I think is important, is Prashalsko's work in readiness for change. It's used a lot in addictions, but we can use it in different places. Where are you in your readiness to actually make a change? And some people are talking about it, but they have no intentions of making the change. And they start making plans so you can walk yourself through and realize where you are in some strategies to move around that process. So the workbook, it's really a place for you. It's a safe place for anybody to record their thoughts and go through the process of the base change and of transitions into that. So... Hmm. um, it's, it's been an interesting, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, journey writing this. And by the way, Sean, you know that my, my life has changed quite a bit recently, and uh, I am going through the book. And uh, wow. that has been interesting. There may be some revisions in the future, but I am actually going through the book because how do I redefine my own life at this particular time? So yeah. it's, uh, it's different things that, that you can use. Um, uh, I was having a difficult day a couple of weeks ago, and my daughter said, Mom, I think there's a book out there that may help you. <laughs> I looked, and I said, Kathy, give me the reference, because if somebody is also writing about change, she said, Demi, it's your book. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, 
I was the author. Give me the reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to see when we're so close to it, right? Exactly. So that's what it is. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, it's one of the things that I appreciate so much about you, Tiza, is you're so open and, and honest and transparent. I mean, when I was reading uh, the, for the first book, you know, when I was reading yeah. through that, you were writing about the fact that this base model wasn't necessarily, you know, you were remembering that you were working through the base model without even knowing it. Yeah. And now it's come to the surface. You know, you, you, you've got it dialed in. It's a real process. You call it something and it's really helping so many people. Yeah. And now it sounds like what you're saying is you've had another big event and you're exactly. going through another big change and you're actually, you know, walking the talk over there, going through your own workbook. Give myself my medicine, Sean. That's How about so, that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I commend you. That's so awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Good for you. Good for you. Well, Tiza, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, this has been a really fun discussion. How do people find out more about you? How do we get your book? You know, where do we learn more about you and your, your work, your story? Okay. Um, one place to find is my website, pileconsultinggroup.com. Uh, your Journey of Transformation is on Amazon and so all my three books, they are all on Amazon. So if you Google Tiza Pile in books, you find them all. And uh, I think that uh, you can hear more about uh, my coaching programs. And I'm also starting to develop online programs right now that are going to be coming within the next couple of months. So that's the best way to sort of look is going to my webpage. There's another change you're navigating right now with this whole pandemic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Going from, you know, in-person group one-to-one to an online format. So yes. good for you. Yeah. Good so, for you. That's awesome. All right. Well, if we were to bestow some wisdom upon our listeners and viewers today, okay. what's one thing that you'd want them to take away as it relates to change? I think perhaps what I would like anybody who's listened to take away is the importance of the mindset. You need to really create that internal strong desire that you can do something. It combines the belief is not easy, but if you can start thinking different and believing different and having confidence in yourself and in the world, I think you can be able to make some changes. So that is my desire for everybody who are going to embark in this exciting adventure of transforming yourself in your life. Very well said. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tiza, for being with us here today. Okay. I appreciate very much you bringing me here, Sean, and we'll be, to, we'll be connected. You know that, right? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Bye -bye. All right. Sean here again. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch future episodes. Also, go ahead and give it an honest rating so you can let other people know what you thought of the show. Take care and make it a great day.